welcome in to just another whole hum edition of sport ball. I mean, I don't even know why we put this on here. Am I right, boys? Uh, Too true. It's your boy, Sam. With me, as always, are Seth and Kyle. Uh, Only three drinks today. Slow day for me. I know. Three drinks and a haircut. What could it mean? (laughs) That was actually a sequel to Four Weddings and a Funeral, but they scrapped it. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, we let's just get that right down to the gritty. I don't want to hear about anyone's personal lives. I just spoke to both of you recently, so and our listeners sure don't care because our listener is mad. We just all FaceTimed him at the same time, like four different times today, actually. <laughs> uh, well, the NFL season has begun. Boy, has it! And we're in the thick of it. <laughs> and as you may know, if you're an avid listener, some of our takes have perhaps aged poorly and some of them perhaps have aged like a fine wine have they (laughs) yeah i would say some of ours seem to have so i wanted to go over some this is what every podcast does right they say what are your early overreactions to the nfl and then they talk about overreact this overreact that are we trying to be like every other pod though no that being said, our first segment is <laughs> overreact <laughs> this, overreact that. <laughs> we <laughs> we would like to overreact. I, I did task you, though. I said a few overreactions to the first two weeks of the NFL season that you actually kind of believe. So this should be interesting. Um, and I already know what Kyle will do, and that will be to confirm his own bias from the preseason and i will as well because we have melded into one mind due to our co-ownership of a dynasty team and seth will be as always honest just delivering the facts wow (laughs) unless it involves russell wilson (laughs) or the vikings his one blind spot (laughs) (laughs) it's nice that you have that impression of me I see that I've pulled the wool over your eyes once again. <laughs> I'm just giving that out to the listeners. I know the true you, but I want them to respect you. Of course. Of course. I don't care if they respect Kyle. I mean, that's long gone. I would hope they don't. <laughs> uh, would you allow me to begin? I would hope you would. Now, this overreaction is one that I am almost 100% sure Kyle has written down or in his mind. Although we can't picture it, it's in his mind. Sometimes so. so, <laughs> sometime we should just do a podcast where you ask us questions and then you answer them for us in the way that you know we're going to answer them. I could literally it's pull like, an hour with that. It's like the uh, the um, game you play at uh, wedding showers where mm-hmm. you have to each answer the same question and hope you get it right. Yeah, We'll write down our answers and you write down what you think yeah. we're going to say. We'll see. Can we all find out we're more compatible with each other than (laughs) anyone else. (laughs) Uh, All right. My first one, number one. The Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFC. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I'm laughing because I wrote that down too. (laughs) Oh my God. I wasn't expecting that. Kyle, did you write it down? Uh, No, because I thought that was just a given. (laughs) I knew he'd say those exact words. It's not even a reaction. Yeah, just it's just a plain truth. A That's proper thing, reaction. Like, I didn't write it down because it's not an overreaction to me because I predicted them to be the number one seed and right. to win more than 12 games. 
I as well. Go. Yeah, well, you and I, <laughs> you and I both bet Seth that they would win twelve. I I wagered on them to be the number one seed in the NFC. Um, and did we match? Yes. If, if they something? win 12, you owe us $5 oh, each. If they right. win 10 or less, we owe you. If they win 11 exactly, Matt owes all three of us $5, which he has agreed to. <laughs> That's correct. We, Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Uh, so, <laughs> they, perhaps it's just fresh in my, eye, my mind, but the Eagles just trounced Seth's precious, precious Minnesota Vikings. On Monday, twenty-four to seven, I believe it may have been the final score, but it felt like a lot worse than that. And it was much worse than that. <laughs> I know you can attribute some of this to the primetime Kirk Cousins, who, as we know, is like the opposite of playoff Rondo. Right? He's won like, two Monday night games in his career. <laughs> would you like to guess who they've both been against? I would. The Bears? The Chicago Bears, baby. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're number one in something. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like, that's such a weird stat because you think of how many teams Kirk Cousins has been on. I guess only two. But he's had so many different coaches, so many different offensive schemes, so many different variables, and yet he just never wins in prime time. I mean, what goes on here? I he's think a poor quarterback. What do you mean what goes on here? He's, <laughs> no matter, you can't change the the person inside the quarterback. That was a weird sentence. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, eat a person that lives inside him? What I was trying to say is, even if you change the scheme and the coach, it's still himself. So he has no yeah. choice but to play as he would. But Which, yeah, do you I guys remember that story from a couple of years ago of about it was like a fourteen-year-old kid who was basically opened his own medical practice and was giving out medical advice to people. No, and then he got charged with it. Mm. And was told he couldn't do it and moved to it. His family moved to another state and he did it again. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I don't think he actually should be a quarterback. And I don't know if anyone really believes it but himself, but he keeps doing it. It's malpractice. He literally has had, what, 72 fumbles since 2015? <laughs> the most of any starting quarterback in that time. <laughs> Does he literally just grease his hands up with butter before every game just to make sure he keeps the streak alive? I don't understand what goes on here. Kirk the but popcorn just... again? It's my pre game routine. <laughs> Kirk the popcorn again? <laughs> Kirk, no! <laughs> All we have to do to improve the Vikings is rid the stadium of popcorn. <laughs> At least butter. Like, it has, He'll find like, a way. Popcorn, it's got to be dry, though. He'll find a way. There's no way around <laughs> it. Uh, but I wouldn't I'm banking. I to play quarterback on the Lombard Falcons little league team no no i mean we're way too good for that i mean the way i see them practicing out there when i frisbee golf they look pretty good i'm gonna i'm going to bank on the fact that it wasn't just that though all that aside okay i mean our big question going into the season was jalen hurts right and may i read you the stat line from that game against the vikings you may please thank you 26 for 31 30 333 yards through the air Two rushing touchdowns and an extra 57 yards on the ground. Now, if he's going to be this good as a passer and only throw five incompletions a game, you got to pray for the league, honestly. And this team is fifth in DVOA already, which, as we know, I love. And I think they just only go out from here. Imagine if Lamar Jackson had elite weapons and threw accurately, because that's what Jalen Hurts is. 
I mean, do we have another Jalen Hurts is who Lamar Jackson wishes he was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lamar had a pretty great day yesterday or this weekend as well. Last weekend, true. Um, one thing that I'll just mention is on the broadcast, you heard Troy Aikman if you listen to that broadcast talking about how the Vikings defense just repeatedly went back to the shell coverage where they had their two safeties deep and he would, he would draw this uh, like a semicircle, like a, like a crescent moon um, on the screen and show their coverage. And he's like, I don't understand why they keep going back to the same coverage. Jalen hurts is just tearing it apart. Right. And yeah, it felt like he couldn't, make an incompletion it was like every time somebody was open some of the times it was like you could see the defenders try to pass off the receiver but there would be a miscommunication and no one was guarding him it's like how many times is going to happen this game so i guess the the takeaway there is that if the eagles are playing a team that has a more confident competent defensive scheme I think it could be a little bit more difficult and I think Hertz's accuracy in the passing game will be tested more because with how wide open his receivers were he didn't need to be accurate yesterday or Monday mm-hmm. I'm not gonna post this tonight but mm-hmm. like he wasn't like threading the needle in between defenders and I can't imagine that the Eagles receivers, obviously, they get a boost with having A.J. Brown there, but it's not like this elite receiving core that, like, no one in the league can cover. I think the Vikings just did a horrible job of of playing coverage on Monday. I don't know. What That's if it is an elite receiving core, though. <laughs> I was going to say, what if it is just an elite receiving core? We've, I mean, I feel like we've talked about A.J. Brown being one of the – top what five seven wide receivers in the league essentially since he joined and always it was he doesn't get the volume because Tennessee hands off to Derrick Henry every play and he gets getting the volume what is he doing right right exactly yeah I mean he's a singular talent AJ Brown is and perhaps Devante is like a mini version of AJ I mean he's he certainly was and it's down season too now now that this is what his first full season as a starting tight end because Zach Ertz got traded mid-season last year and he played behind him for ever ever since, right? So I wasn't alerted that it was Dallas Goddard season. I thought it was spooky season. It's been Dallas Goddard season. <laughs> I tried to convince you we should draft him and you told me Dalton Schultz had to be the man. Look where we're at now. Uh, well, he got injured. I mean, I can't certainly be and, for that. And in respect to the comments about the defenses, I think we talked about this in our last podcast. Pretty sure the Eagles have what one of the top three easiest schedules of the season. I don't think that they have any type of defensive like challenge <clears throat> until week seven when they play the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Because until then, they play the Commanders next, then the Jaguars and the Cardinals. Then they play yeah. the Cowboys and have a bye. And then it's literally just a slew of below 500 teams the second half of the season, probably besides the Packers. And if the Cowboys can just hold on until Dak's back, maybe they're they're probably not below 500 either. But mm-hmm. other than that, I don't know if they're going to play an above 500 team this entire season. <laughs> besides, yeah, that's... besides the Cardinals 
Packers, and the Cowboys, which is a total of four games. That's why you and I were so high on them being the one seed, right, Kyle? Their, their schedule is a cakewalk, and if Jalen's going to look this good, I think they could really make a run. I really do. Jalen right, Kyle. Love. Kyle, give me your – sometimes love hurts. That's what they say. Kyle, give me your um, your first overreaction since for you the Eagles was a regular reaction. Overreaction yeah. that I think is true. That I believe might be true. Nathaniel Hackett sucks. Yeah, that's not an overreaction. <laughs> it's the but truth. it's two games in the season, so I feel like almost anything's an overreaction. Right. I mean, he could improve, I suppose, but it's but he's atrocious. Really bad. So let me far. tell you. Let me let me read some stuff. Where is this at? Come on now. Here we go. <clears throat> the Denver Broncos are the only team since at least two thousand because we didn't look any farther with <laughs> at least five goal to go situations, zero touchdowns scored on them <laughs> in the first two weeks of a season. How do you do that? That's almost impossible. Let's go. So they have a 0% red zone efficiency right now. It's not red zone. It's goal line efficiency. Oh my God. Or within the 10 yard lines, right? Goal, goal to go. Which is even it's not good. <laughs> yeah. It's even worse. <laughs> Well, and how about his his constant indecision under pressure to decide whether to go with a field goal or what? He literally cost him a field goal attempt by de- taking a delayed game and having to punt. You like almost never see that. Yeah, there was a-, a point where they were at like this past week. It was coming down to the end of I feel like the first half, and they were at like the fifty-one yard line or something like that, just over the fifty. And he took a timeout on like third down. I was like, he's discussing right now whether if they don't get this, if he's going to kick a field goal or not. Apparently, he needs some time allotted <laughs> to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I think much like many coaches, he's obviously much more knowledgeable about football than us. And it's just perhaps one of those constant situations we talk about where you can be a genius offensive mind and maybe not be ready for the split-second decisions you have to make as a head coach. So it's possibly he improves. But I have to say it has not been a sterling showing so far from Nathaniel. He did admit, quote, I have to do better about making decisions. <laughs> what's, so, the problem? What's, what's the objective of a coach? It's not like what, what someone says when they finally break up with their girlfriend or something. Like, <laughs> what, is, what is this? It's not what you say about a football team. Yeah, he's it's pretty pretty rough. But I mean, like you said, Sam, there could be a learning curve here. I think if you if we were smart and not doing a segment on overreactions, we would say, well, let's give him a couple weeks to settle in. Um but it does seem like if this is where he's at right now, he's gonna need a monumental shift and improving his decision making to get even to mediocre so someone should send him a messenger pigeon and let him know that javante williams is uh one of the best running backs in the nfl in his second season i totally understand they refuse to run javante at the goal line as if he's not one of the best running backs in the league (laughs) it's like they don't look at stats the amount of forced missed tackles this man has he led the league last year there was close to leading the league at least he led the league in forced missed tackles per rush attempt yeah, 
I mean, maybe that's part of like maybe Russ really wants to throw near the end zone, and that's what's throw to Javante because he's a better receiver than Melvin too. <laughs> it makes you I can't it, argue. It makes that. you worry that like is Russ in another situation where he's going to be hindered by coaching decisions once again at this point in his career? Because that was the whole thing about him coming here was like Russ is going to be unleashed. And he hasn't looked great, right? He hasn't been completing the passes that he normally does. I don't know if it's still like a, like you said, a learning curve for him too, but it's like, man, it's, it's like, not like you have extra bedrooms to go to in your house and mess around. <laughs> in. <laughs> no release, nowhere to do your hobbies. I mean, I don't even know like, if the basketball court's big enough to have a desk. <laughs> it's like that 14 year old doctor. I mean, Russ moves states and it's the same thing, right? How dare you? <laughs> Compare him to the person who Kyle compared to Kirk Cousins. They're not in the same league, my friend. That's one step too far. I would still trade Kirk Cousins for Russell Wilson. I feel like the results might be the same. Honestly, Kirk might be better than Russell. (laughs) Why do you like to hurt me? It caused me irreparable emotional harm. Go ahead, Seth. Give us fight back with your first overreaction. All right. My first overreaction is the Bengals will miss the playoffs. Boom. One of mine. One of mine. Make the case. Yeah, I was trying to think of something to include for the Bengals too, and I didn't want to go that far, but it seems like it might be a reality, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, you could also use this for the like take that I regret because I had – Joe Burrow is a dark horse MVP candidate, which that looks like no way in hell that'll happen. It's got to be a real dark horse right now. Yeah. Um, And to be 100% truthful, like I haven't seen a ton of the Bengals games other than like on NFL Red Zone, but the offensive line has just looked atrocious, right? That was supposedly what one of the areas of concern that they had improved on the Uh, during the offseason, and then it looks like they tried and failed with that. And I just didn't think it was the type of team, because they were so young and because Burrow has the personality that he has, I didn't think they were the type of team that was going to have a Super Bowl hangover. Mm -hmm. But they have not looked good so far, and Burrow hasn't seemed like the magician that he is. And, I mean, it's hard to succeed for any quarterback when – you're constantly under pressure. So I think that's the the biggest thing for the Bengals, which to be honest, that was their biggest downfall last year was the offensive line and they made it to the Super Bowl. So it's like you would think they'd be able to overcome that at least well enough to make the playoffs, but it hasn't looked like that so far. He is on pace this year to be sacked 111 times. Granted, it's only through two games, but that's more than double the amount of times he was sacked last year. I don't also, understand what went on. I will say this, which I don't think anyone else is considering besides faux Joey Burr on Twitter. Uh, since Joe Burrow got his appendix removed, he's 0 and 2. Shit. So put it back in. <laughs> put it back. <laughs> Stick that thing back say. in there. <laughs> Hashtag put it back in. Useless organ no more. <laughs> yeah, he's like I mean, dancing with his long hair. You take his appendix out, he can do nothing. Exactly. Yeah, I just – I don't understand what happened with these offensive line free agents they brought in. Like, are they actually double agents? I mean, like, 
they made the offensive line worse. I mean, now granted, the two teams they've gone up against so far have TJ Watt and Michael Parsons. So that's like, yeah. I don't know, the two best defenders in the league. Literally the two best. Yeah. <laughs> probably even regardless of position. Aaron probably. Donald. Yeah. That's yeah, it, he right? Probably those... competes, but like, yeah, it, it's yeah. those are literally the best three defenders <laughs> in the league. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, maybe, you know, maybe this is a good overreaction. It well, seems like it is. We don't want to be just like every other podcast, though. I mean, after what? after signing with the Bengals, Lael Collins mm-hmm. was quoted saying, "Your new bodyguards in town. Nobody's going to touch you." <laughs> Freezing cold take, if you ask me. It sounds like 111 players are going to touch him <laughs> over the course of a full season. Uh, I, I'll pick it back off of you, Seth, because my take was actually twofold. <clears throat> this is how. This is how professional I am. It's a two-part. It's a two-fold thing. Somehow he was able to squeeze in more than three overreactions into his three overreactions. <laughs> it's like we could have expected this. That's correct. My my two-part overreaction was the Dolphins are going to take the Bengals playoff spot. Mm. So obviously we know the Bengals won, made the playoffs last year, and the Dolphins, as we know, did not. And I'm kind of picturing all the division winners and then the wild card will be one extra from the West, another extra from the West or North, and then Miami instead of the Bengals. And Tua has been, well, I mean, he threw two to six touchdowns, so it's not like terrible, I would say. Um, They just have so much speed with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. It's like, I'm not really sure how you guard it, I guess. And it seems like Mike McDaniel, unlike our beloved Nathaniel Hackett, has taken his offensive genius and crafted himself into a competent head coach. And it seems like, like people talk about him, like he's like the next, I, uh, we've said the next McVay a lot, right. But perhaps he actually is because, or the next Shanahan where you can take a quarterback that's just average or slightly above average and turn it into a lead offense. I mean, Tua has been good enough with these weapons and they have a good defense. I think they're going to take a playoff spot. Have you listened to Nathaniel or Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> have you listened? Um, listen Michael McDaniel, talk? yeah, yeah, Mike, yeah. Have you listened to any of like his interviews or press conferences? It's riveting. He's like the biggest nerd yep. you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Somehow he's thirty nine, but he looks like he's twenty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of this just because my second point was. And I quote you, Miami is just that team. Mm. Uh, and I have Miami making uh, the wild card over the Broncos. So kind of similar. I think you had Cincinnati in the wild card, right? Yeah. I had yeah. the Broncos. So I have them over the Broncos make the wild card. <clears throat> if the Bills didn't start off the way they did, I would have ended up coming on here saying, I think that they win that division. Boy, the, the Bills. They might go twenty and zero right now. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk a long time for about them, but yeah, that what he's done to that team is truly astounding. As you mentioned, the addition of Tyree Kill, but also just his play designs. I was watching. Um, uh, oh my god, why can't I can't think of his name? Who was the uh, quarterback for Detroit? That Jared Goff. No, no, no. He's uh, he does analysis out? now. He does analysis now. He stepped out of the end zone on a play back. Mm. In the last... 
Yeah, Dan Orlovsky. Mm. Love the man. He's great. Just couldn't remember great. his name. I was watching him break down a specific play. 21 personnel, right? Two running backs, one tight end. Not a single player in the backfield. So you're basically running five wide. But the play design just made it almost impossible for the defense to even kind of think where it could go because of where all the players ended up going throughout the process of the play. Either way, the big thing, right, is they had a Tyree kill. We thought, oh, the deep ball is going to be, you know, huge now for them, which it has been big. But the biggest so far over two weeks, the biggest improvement that they've seen is in their intermediate passing. So anywhere from like 11 to 19 yards. Last year, they had a negative 0.15 expected points added per attempt. Again, small sample size this year. They've improved that to 1.2 expected points added per attempt and doubled their yards per attempt in that area. So having Tyreek on the outside and allowing that middle to open up to utilize Jalen Waddle is just, I mean, I kind of feel like that's kind of what we talked about last year too, is like with Jalen Waddle just there and not really anyone else, like what can you do? It's kind Mm -hmm. of like, it's kind of like the Cowboys now, right? With no gallop to spread the field or anything. Everyone's just focused on CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. Now it's like, good luck trying to guard double team two different players at once. Yeah. Possible. I mean, the gravity you get from Tyreek is like having Steph Curry, right? The spacing is just different on the field because you open up that middle when Tyreek is going deep wide open. Um, yeah. And I, I was listening to Trent Dilfer on a podcast the other day and he was talking about like really Dilfer. good off, really good offensive binds. Like they want their quarterback to only have to think like two out of every 10 plays, right? Like they should like, because of how, how good the scheme is, they should look at the defense, look at their formation and know where the ball is going and when and how to throw it. Right. And then they have to improvise maybe two out of every 10 plays. Like if you get Tua to do that, like you're looking at an elite offense. It doesn't almost matter how great Tua is as long as he can run the offense. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I mean, we were talking about learning curve before and kind of giving people multiple chances or chances to develop. Like, is it possible that Tua is better than just okay? Yeah, definitely. I've been on that boat, honestly, since he's been drafted. I've always liked him personally, especially because he's a lefty. I love watching lefty quarterbacks. <laughs> I That's knew you'd true. say that. It's like, uh, <laughs> I know we talked about the learning curve, but I think there is a difference, right? It's probably a much smaller learning curve for a quarterback when all the plays are designed specifically for them instead of I feel like a lot of times it's coaches with pretty closed minds with kind mm-hmm. of one set and not creating a playbook specifically for the players on the field but trying to make those players play specific roles that they want yeah and I feel like that's what they're doing in yeah. Miami is they've designed an entire playbook around what each player on the field at all times is best at doing a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, he had a catastrophic hip injury to it did coming out of college. Like maybe he just needed a while to, to kind of recover from that. Right. I mean, 
that was a very bad injury he had. So I'm very bullish on Miami. Yeah, does anyone have any other overreactions left? I think we've all only done two, so we should have another. <laughs> Excellent. All right. <laughs> Seth, why don't you fire away? I think um, all my overreactions have been covered because both of you See, stole this is what I, multiple this is what ones. About. Kyle, you, you have one left then, yeah? Yes. Let's hear it. Jacksonville is the best team in the AFC South. I literally have written in my notebook, the Jaguars are the best team in the AFC South, word for word. <laughs> We're thinking, like, far too much on this. I episode. don't like I mean, it's like they should have won week one against the Colts. Is Sam frozen, or is it just he's just that excited? I can't tell. Yeah, he's frozen for me, okay. too. He's Am I back? Yeah, you're back. I am excited, to be clear. Um, Houston's looks feisty, but there's no expectations there. Somewhat expectations on the Colts, I feel like we had. But that offense has looked abysmal. And then the Titans have looked somehow even worse. (laughs) So it's like the only team that really looks competent in this division somehow is none other than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, I tried to tell you before the season that the Jaguars are going to make the playoffs. I was well, laughed out of the room. Well, you kind of did and you kind of <laughs> didn't, all right? Yeah, you, you played did both cards. <laughs> Listen. You didn't predict them to, but yet you said that was your hot take. <laughs> that's correct. And I, I, I warned to all of our listeners. I beg our listeners. Listeners, look at me. The Jaguars to win the division is still over plus 300 on most of your favorite gambling sites. I need you to pound that right now, okay? Please. Now, we're not going to do that because we're already guaranteed $5 each from Matt. But if you have nothing coming from Matt, I beg you to do it. Listen, I mean, we knew coming into the season, this was an absolutely despicable division that should, the whole division should honestly be relegated. I mean, it's absolutely atrocious. All the franchises should be disbanded. I, there's nothing <laughs> good going on there. Okay. We're, the world is learning that Matt Ryan is a fraud, which we've all known for years. And, I mean, the Jaguars beat the Colts 24-0. The Colts didn't <laughs> score a single point. Okay. That and that offense was that cur- yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> Almost. That Christian Kirk signing doesn't look like an overpay at all. I mean, he's a safety blanket along with Evan Ingram that Trevor Lawrence needed. He has the weapons. I mean, I think this team, dare I say, they go eight and nine. And they win the division. <laughs> that, might, that, that might be too low, to be honest with you. Oh, I mean, they can still go seven and ten and win the division. We can go over, like, Do we think, go six and eleven and win the division? <laughs> do we think that Doug Peterson might just be the greatest coach of all time at coaching ragtag teams? He won a Super Bowl with Nick this starting, these, these starting uh, skill players. Alshon Jeffrey, okay. But on the tail end of his career. Mm-hmm. Probably when Zach Ertz was in his prime or kind of ascending to his prime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar, mm. Nick Foles, mm. Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith. And a starting running back of LeGarrett Blunt. Wow. Hey. That's still crazy that they won that Super Bowl, to be honest. 
I, he might just be the best at coaching the ragtag players. Something about the underdog mentality of no one thinks we're good. Maybe he just knows how to kind of really get them juiced up about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we knew the Urban Meyer effect was, was in effect this season, right, in a positive way, going from, I don't know, maybe the worst coach in NFL history. <laughs> and he was fired mid Probably close to it. <laughs> And now Trevor Lawrence is like, oh, I can actually have like an offense where my receivers are open and not running into each other. This is beautiful. I can actually play football. He was They're second in DVOA right now. They're second in DVOA. He was just an urban man from a rural area. What more did we expect? You pick him out of that rural area. He can't throw him in Florida like that. Uh, yeah, so I couldn't agree more, to be honest. With yourself? Oh, with, that myself, was- with myself from two weeks ago with Kyle right now. Except that wasn't your take two weeks ago because you didn't pick them to win the division two weeks ago. But All right. I don't know. I didn't think I had to spell this out to you guys. But a hot take, okay, is something that you don't necessarily believe. But you believe it enough to argue for it. No, that's not a hot take at all. A hot take is something that you truly do believe that no one else really agrees with or the minority would agree with. Will I ever understand what a hot take is? You will not know, but everyone else does, and all of our listeners know the truth, so that's all that matters. I want on my grave, okay, which will be sizable due to my fame by this point. I want it written, Jacksonville Jaguars will make the playoffs 2022, Sam Hot Take. Even if they don't make the playoffs, I want that on there. Put in the will. And if they don't make the playoffs, Sam will remind us. Well, I never really believed that they would. That's correct. I have an out either way. All right. Now we've we set our overreactions. Now it's time to purge some of our some of our takes from the beginning of the season, from the preseason that we are already regretting. Kyle, I assume, has an empty spot on his paper no and in his mind for this category. <laughs> Seth will be honest, and I will spin it into something that sounds good for me. Seth, why don't we start with you? Well, to fulfill your expectations of me, honest Seth over here, I have to admit, the Broncos do not look good. (laughs) (laughs) So considering, I mean, I couched it a little bit a couple weeks ago for the pod when I said, like, all right, this is the pick if my heart was making the pick. But even so, I will be accountable that I picked the Broncos to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I forgot that, honestly. <clears throat> and honestly, they're more likely to miss the playoffs than they are to make it to the Super Bowl. And like looking at how the Bills and the Chiefs and honestly half of the conference looks compared to the Broncos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're not going to beat the Chiefs. They're not going to beat the Ravens. They're not going to beat the Bills. They're not going to beat the Dolphins. Maybe like it gets pretty dicey pretty quick. So yeah, again, we've already spent a decent amount of time talking about the Broncos, and I still have some hope that they'll turn it around. And I did say last week uh, or last podcast that. Um, they were not going to win the division and that I thought there would be a little bit of time where they, uh, that they, uh, you know, maybe I was right all along. 
this in six weeks and be like around and they're looking a lot better now but early reports are making me very nervous about that yeah i mean against seattle and houston who are two of the three worst teams in the league they put up 13 and 16 points and you that need good? probably what 40 to win a game in the nfc so i'm not really sure like they're going if they're going into the bills the chiefs the ravens in miami and they're putting up 16 points. I don't expect them to lose by less than 20. So I'm not really sure what their plan is here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the Broncos, uh, according to 538 after two weeks, uh, have a 45% chance to make the playoffs. Hi. Yeah, that's quarterback adjusted. What's their traditional say? If you take out Russell Wilson being their quarterback, which probably makes sense at this point after seeing him play, 31%. There we go. That seems more like it. I got to say, I finally realized that after all these years, Russ is just too short. He's not going to cut him this league. I don't know what to tell you. He can't see over the offensive line. Maybe uh, don't slander someone who has a Super Bowl ring when the Bears haven't won one in your lifetime, so... And I'm 5'8". It's bitter on a good day. Bears never have had a quarterback as good as Russell Wilson in franchise history, so... Have you heard of I'm wondering. <laughs> At least he was tall enough to see. I'm wondering if the Vikings have ever won a Super Bowl. No, Just they have Just wondering out loud. Okay, got it. Thank but you. at least I don't take shots at other good quarterbacks when I know my team is ass. Do you take not take shots at other good quarterbacks? I do, just not Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I only right, take shots at bad quarterbacks. Well, actually, I'll go. That's correct. I'll go first because Kyle's will be just a way to tell us that he was right. Uh, I I said the Packers were going to make the Super Bowl <laughs> and be the one seed. Uh, I mean, they are one and one, but they only played us, me and Kyle. <laughs> which essentially would be as good as the Bears. And, um, I mean, they, don't, they just don't look great. I, I I mean, I still think they have a chance to, you know, I still think they're probably going to make the playoffs, but I'm not seeing – I was really counting on the elite defense, I guess, is my main concern, and um, that's why I didn't really care who the receivers were. And they look – defense looked terrible against the Vikings. Justin Jefferson could have probably had 400 yards if they weren't up early. Like, he – you would just see Justin Jefferson, and then Wild. there would be no one on your screen. There would be no yeah. defender to screen, and they would all argue, and then go back to the sideline, and then run the same play the next time they're on defense. So, and then, you know, they almost gave up. They basically, if Justin Fields had been in, had gave up 17 points to the Bears, who's like giving up 45 to any other team. I mean, we only passed 11 times. So, I, that's my biggest flaw, I guess, is I thought the defense would be leading. It hasn't shown me yet. I don't think they have – the kind of elite defense you need to make the Super Bowl. There's no arguments for me. I mean, I never thought they would. So. It was going to be a one-score <laughs> game against the Bears with 10 minutes to go if the Bears were competent enough to call a QB sneak on fourth and six inches at the goal line. Instead, so they called a QB sneak. They called a QB sneak from... Out of the shotgun. Out of the shotgun. <laughs> That was I, I, Nathaniel Hackett-esque. That was. <laughs> For real. <laughs> to my dying day, I'll never understand that. Ugh. 
We yeah, we can Sam's his... grave. <laughs> we should write. I will never understand why they did a shotgun QB oh. sneeze. And I would have said that even if we scored, same thing. Oh, man, <laughs> my word. Yeah, I mean, the Bears completed seven passes and nearly beat the Packers. So I really just don't. I'm a little, a little concerned. It's a good percentage. They only took a, eleven attempts too. So <laughs> seven eleven. They named a famous chain after it for a reason. Uh, Kyle, give us your. What was the reason? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly have no idea. I don't know why they named that. <laughs> Kyle, give us your uh, your take regret if you have, I have any. I have two. Whoa, he's a changed man. I'm a father. This? Okay, you got to admit it right. these days. Yeah. Um, I chose the Bengals to win the AFC North. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's certainly not going to happen. <laughs> Doesn't seem that way. Oh, I forgot to mention real quick while we're talking about the Bengals. I don't even know if it's an overreaction to say they missed the playoffs because no team that has started 0-2, small sample, of course, has made the playoffs since they expanded it. So, According to 538, they now have a 26% chance to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, They're projected so, to go 7-10. and 10. Yeah. Not good. It's not going to win you the AFC North, that's for sure. Was probably a little too high uh, on Joey B coming into the yeah. season. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, <clears throat> my other one was saying that the Chargers were going to win the AFC West over mm. the Chiefs. I don't think mm. that's going to happen either. Is that coach just not good? No, I think he's good. I mean, they had – Mike Evans are out their second game, right? And, and. You mean Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen. Did I say Mike Evans? Yeah. Mike Evans on the mind. Who the hell am I? Um, <laughs> I mean, they played the Chiefs, right? And they still, I mean, there's some regression, right, from him. Like, he was very aggressive last year in his first year as a head coach going mm-hmm. for a lot of fourth down conversions and whatnot. He's early this season. There's been a lot more, um, you know, conservative play, conservative play. Correct. Yeah. And it's like, I also, you know, probably overrated the leaving uh, of Tyree kill and didn't really care too much about, Patrick Mahomes just being Patrick Mahomes and it doesn't care. It doesn't matter who's out there. He's going to find someone to, ha- to get the ball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was just high on uh, Herbert, the Burbert. So who is it? I just don't understand what was out of that franchise. I mean, they're, they're probably, are they the most talented team in the league? Like they gotta be up there. And the, they're they definitely up there. Constantly disappoint me. They leave me so flaccid. I will tell you this through two weeks. Through two games, Austin Eckler has rushed in both games for less yards than there is the amount of yards in a floss container. If you go to the Walgreens and buy a container of floss, there's more (laughs) yards of floss in that container than Austin Eckler has rushed in the first two games. Oh, man, I wish that's how we measured rushing yards. (laughs) <laughs> I think we got adapted from now on. Oh, he's rushed for two floss containers so far this season. 
Yeah, that'd be almost 100 yards. Do you realize a floss container has like 45 yards of floss in it? <laughs> why? You know how wild that is? Have you ever bought, after you bought one thing of floss, have you ever bought another one? I don't floss. Besides losing it? <laughs> Sam was disgusted by the question. I Every time I go to the dentist, he says, you still have floss, right? I say, no, we go on about our merry way. <laughs> I went to the dentist for the second time this year. This is the first time since probably high school that I've went twice in a year like you're supposed to go. Nice. Yeah. Ask me again, do you floss often? I said, absolutely never. I have sensitive gums. They say, well, and I cut them off there. I said, I know the more I floss, the less sensitive they're going to become. <laughs> but man, I can't get over it. And that was the I want to go on that journey. <laughs> <laughs> he recommended uh, a water pick. Mm. Yeah, Cassie is one of those. Seems to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, that was our. That was our early overreaction pod. Not just another podcast over here. We don't do what everyone else does. We don't overreact to the NFL. We yeah, overreact and possibly believe it. That's correct. Well, we got to sign off. I got to go take a lead in the hedges. If you we, know have, yeah. we have, I feel like we should do one thing though. Okay. Do you remember who you picked to be in the Super Bowl this year? And are you still confident after a small two week sample size? Well, Seth was Broncos Vikings, so I'm gonna go ahead and say no for him. <laughs> uh, mine was <laughs> mine was Chiefs Packers, and I already said no. True. Still confident in the Chiefs though. And what was yours, Kyle? Bills Rams. It was Bills Rams. That could happen. But I think I want to switch it to Bills Eagles after two weeks. I think you should switch it to Jags Eagles. To be honest, <laughs> I did debate going saying it should be Miami and the Eagles, but I think I'm going to hold off for a week because Miami plays Buffalo this weekend. And I, like, yeah, that's going to be great. That game. I feel like the winner of that game is probably who makes it. It's like them or the Ravens, I feel like, are the three teams most likely, surprisingly. Don't. And that's going to be a real popcorn game, so don't let Kirk Cousins anywhere near it. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I think... I think, oh, man, I don't know. Has a 7-10 and t- ten team ever won the Super Bowl? Because the Jags could be the first one. I, I'd fathom to say uh, absolutely well, not. Obviously not, because it's only been a 17-game schedule <laughs> for two years. Small sample, small sample. But it's never happened. <laughs> All right, well, Kyle, send off our listeners with something to just wet their whistles a bit before our next podcast. When the bird coos in the north, the wind comes from the east. <laughs> I have no idea what that could be.